kind of spooky music, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What could that mean? Could that mean we have a scary story tonight? Hi, everybody. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast for Tuesday, August the 30th, 2021. And of course, on Tuesdays, we play an old time radio drama. And boy, we've got a humdinger for you today. This is a spooky story that was written by Ray Bradbury. It was adapted for radio by Anthony Ellis, two outstanding writers, just outstanding writers. It appeared on Suspense. And on this occasion, the one we're going to listen to tonight was broadcast on August 31st, 1958. It had been broadcast two or three years earlier. And the episode, the earlier episode, featured Jeanette Nolan as the heroine in the story. And Jeanette Nolan is one of my favorite actresses. But the one we have tonight features Agnes Moorhead. And she had become just stellar as a playing a woman scared to death on various episodes of Suspense. And because the sound quality was better on this one, this is the one I chose to play tonight. So this is featuring Agnes Moorhead. Also is Loreen Tuttle, Paula Winslow, Barney Phillips, uh, Charlie Lung, and William Conrad. So it's time to go over there and get your feet up. Relax, let the cares of the day drift away, get a little snack, a little something to drink, and I suggest you leave the lights on for this one. Or, if you really dare, turn them off. Either way, this story's going to scare the bejeebers out of you. Here we go from August 31st, 1958. This is Suspense, and the name of the play is The Whole Town's Sleeping. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. A small Midwestern town lying asleep in the moonlight of midnight. Could anything be more familiar, more peaceful, more safe? Certainly not. Unless Ray Bradbury is writing about it. For his is a typewriter of terror. And once again... It has pounded out a tale not only calculated to keep you in suspense, but likely to cost you a night or two of sleep. Listen, listen then as Miss Agnes Moorhead stars in The Whole Town Sleeping. It was a warm summer night in the middle of Illinois country. The little town was deep, far away from everything kept to itself by a river and a forest and a ravine. In the town, the sidewalks were still scorched. The stores were closing and the streets were turning dark. Screen doors whined their springs and banged. And there was the sound of Grandma Hanlon's hammock creaking across the street. 
On her solitary porch, Lavinia Nance, age 37, very straight and slim, sat waiting. Here I am, Lavinia. Lavinia turned. There was Francine at the bottom porch step. All in snow white. I won't be a minute, Francine. I just have to lock the door. All right. I do like your dress, dear. Why, thank you, Francine. You look so well in that color. I'm afraid I can never wear it. It makes me look sallow. Oh, no, it doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't. Of course, I've always loved you in white. <laughs> Good evening, ladies. Good evening, Mrs. Hanlon. Good evening. Well, where are you ladies going all dressed up so pretty? To the movies, Mrs. Hanlon. It's William Holden tonight. <laughs> you won't catch me out on a night like this. Not with the lonely one strangling women. Oh. Lock myself in with my gun. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I wouldn't worry, Mrs. Hanlon. Oh, you wouldn't, wouldn't you? What about Eliza Ramsell? You think she's not worrying? I'll lock myself in with a gun. That's what you ladies should do. Oh, she's so silly. She's a silly old woman. Hasn't got anything better to do than scare herself with rumors and gossip. Well, just the same. Hattie McDollis was killed a month ago. And Roberta Ferry the month before. And now Eliza Ramsell disappeared. Eliza Ramsell walked off with a traveling salesman, if you ask me. But the others... Oh, strength. Oh, Francine. They reached the edge of the ravine that cut the town in two, stood there. Behind them were the lighted houses, ahead, deepness, moistness, fireflies and dark. The ravine had to be crossed to reach the movies, deep and black as it cut through the hill, then a creaking bridge to cross over the stream, and then 113 steps up the steep and brambled bank to the other side. The ladies stood there looking down. I just hate to think of you coming back alone tonight, Lavinia. Oh, Bosh. I do wish you didn't live on this side of town. Don't you get lonely living by yourself in that house? Oh, maids love to live alone. Come on, we'll take the shortcut. I'm afraid even in the dusk. The ravine scares oh, me. Oh, come on. Don't be so silly. I'll hold your hand. Lavinia, cool as mint ice cream, took her friend's arm and led her down the dark winding path into the cricket warmth and frog sound and mosquito-delicate silence. Let's run, Lavinia, please. No, no, why should we? If Lavinia hadn't turned her head just then, she wouldn't have seen it. But she did turn her head and it was there. Back among a clump of bushes half-hidden but laid out as if she'd put herself there to enjoy the soft stars, lay Eliza Ramsell. Her face moon-freckled, her eyes like white marble. Then Francine saw it, too, and the women stood on the path for a frozen second, not believing what they saw. Then the police came and dotted their flashlights around in the shadows of the ravine. And Lavinia held on tightly to the shuddering Francine. And the night grew toward 8.30. You didn't move her, ladies? No, no, of course not. Oh, no, we didn't touch her. How could we? And you didn't hear anything unusual? No, no, nothing. It's, it's the, the lonely one, isn't it? The lonely one did it, didn't he? Well, I couldn't say, ma'am. We knew her, you know. 
She was a friend of ours. I'm sorry. It's too bad. I'll have one of my men walk you across the ravine. Oh, that that won't be necessary. Thank you very much. We'll be all right. Lavinia? Come along, dear. I've never seen a dead person before. Come on. Come on. It's only a little after 8.30. We'll pick up Helen and get on to the show. The show? Lavinia, you don't mean it. Of course I do. We've got to forget about this. There's no good brooding about it. Now, if we hurry, we won't miss too much of the first feature. Well, I thought you'd never come. You're an hour late. Well, Helen, you see... Someone found Eliza Ramsell dead in the ravine. Oh. Oh, no. Who found her? Well, we don't know. How awful. Oh, I I don't think we'd better go to the show tonight. Oh, of course we will. It's the last showing today, and I wouldn't miss William Holden for the world. Besides, the lonely one can't kill three ladies all at once, and... and... Anyway, it's too soon. The murders come a month separated. Come along, Helen. Well, all right. I- I'll get a sweater. Wait for me. Why didn't you tell her about us finding Eliza? Well, why upset her? Time enough tomorrow. Tonight we're going to the show, so let's not talk about it anymore. Enough's enough. The ladies walked downtown stopped at the drugstore, which was a few doors from the theater. Lavinia bought a quarter's worth of green mint chews, and the druggist dropped the mints into a sack with a silver shovel. You looked mighty cool this noon, Miss Lavinia, when you was in. So cool and nice, somebody asked after you. Oh? Man sitting at the counter. He watched you walk out, and he says to me, Hey, who's that? Just like that, he says it. <laughs> Why, that's... Lavinia Nebs, prettiest maiden lady in town, I says. Beautiful, so beautiful, he says. Where she lived. You didn't... You you didn't give him her address. Well, now, I didn't give him the exact address. I said over on uh, Park Street, near the ravine. Hope you didn't mind. Well, that settles it. We're going straight home. That man asking for you, Lavinia. You're next. You want to be dead in that ravine? Oh, nonsense. I'm not going to miss the movie. You two can do what you want. I'm going. In the end, they all went to the show. Lavinia was like that. Cool, self-possessed, and persuasive. And when they came out of the show, the streets were midnight clean and empty as they walked Francine home. Lavinia, Helen, stay here with me tonight. It's late. Mrs. Murdoch has an extra room. No, thanks. I don't sleep well away from my own bed. Please, Lavinia, please. I promise I'll call you the very minute I get home. Will you? Will you really? Yes, I promise. Now, Helen, you make a promise to call you, too. I will. Good night. Good night. Please, be careful. Now, I'll walk you home, Helen. I don't suppose it's any use asking you to stay with me, Lavinia. There's no reason for me to. You certainly acted strangely all evening. I'm just not afraid, that's all. And anyway, the lonely one wouldn't be around. Not now, with the police discovering Eliza's body and all. Oh, I I feel so guilty. 
I'll be drinking a cup of coffee just about the time you get to the ravine. Oh, that awful bridge in the dark. Oh, you will call us the minute you get home, won't you? I won't sleep a wink if you don't. I promise you I'll call. Now, good night. Good night. Lavinia Nebs walked down the midnight street, down the late summer silence. She saw the houses with their dark windows, and far away she heard a dog barking. She thought to herself, In five minutes, I'll be safe home. In five minutes, I'll be phoning Francine and Helen. They're so silly, like old hens. <laughs> old, I'm older than either of them. I... She heard the voice singing away among the trees, and she walked a little faster. And then coming down the street toward her in the dimming moonlight was a man. Well, look who's here. Uh, what a time of night for you to be out, Miss Nebs. Officer Kennedy. Oh, I'm so glad it's you. Anything wrong, Miss Nebs? No, no, nothing at all. I'm just glad it's you. You know, you shouldn't be out so late. Yes, I know. I've been to the movies, the late show. Well, I'd better see you across the ravine. No, no. Thank you. I can make it fine. Moon's going to be behind the trees. It'll be pretty dark. Well, I'm not afraid of the dark, Mr. Kennedy. Are you sure you'll be all right? Yes, yes, quite sure. Thank you. Uh -huh. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll wait here till you're across. If you need help, just give a yell and I'll come a-running. Oh, thank you. Good night. Good night, Miss Nibs. As Lavinia walked on, she thought... I won't walk in the ravine with any man. How do I know who the lonely one is? Could be anyone. Then the ravine. She stood at the top of the 113 steps that led down the steep brambled bank and across the creaking bridge. Then a hundred yards and up through the black shadows to Park Street and home. Three minutes from now, I'll be putting my key in the house door. Nothing can happen. Nothing. And she started down the dark black steps into the deep ravine night. Counting as she went. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And Lavinia 14, went down the steps, 15, counting as she went. Sixteen. The ravine 17, was deep. 18, and the world was gone, 19, the safe world of people and 21, men. The locked 22, doors, the town, the drugstore, theater, the lights, everything was gone. Only the ravine existed and lived, black and 30, huge about her. 32, 33, 34. Nothing's happened, has it? No one around? Is there? 40. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. Remember, remember that old ghost story you told each other when you were children? About the dark man coming into your house and you upstairs in bed? And now he's at the first step coming up to your room. Now he's at the second step. Now he's at the third and fourth and the fifth step. How you laughed and screamed at that story? And now the horrid man is at the twelfth step, 
opening your door. And now he's standing by your bed. There at the bottom of the steps is a man. No. No, not. Now he's gone. He was waiting there. Oh. Oh, there's nothing. It's empty. Nothing. There's nothing on the bridge. You fool. That story I told myself. How silly. Shall I call Mr. Kennedy? Did he hear me scream? Or did I scream? Maybe I only thought I did. And he didn't hear me at all. I'll go back up. I'll go to Helen's and sleep there tonight. No, it's 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 near home now. Don't be silly. Wait. Wait, some someone's following me. Someone's on the steps behind me. I don't dare turn around. Every time I take a step, he takes one. Officer, Officer Kennedy, is that you? Is it? The crickets were suddenly still. The crickets were listening. The night was listening to her. Then there was a sound. Only a woodchuck surely beating a hollow log. No, no, it was Lavinia Nebs. It was most surely the heart of Lavinia Nebs. And she went down the steps faster, faster, running now, down the steps, plunging faster and faster, down, down into the pit of the ravine. Go out of the way. Cross the bridge. Run. Run, don't turn. Don't look. If you see him... You'll not be able to move. You just run. Up the path between the hills, the top of the path, the street. And even with the light, the fear swirled about her, closing and pressing. Please. Please. Give me time to get inside and unlock the door. And I'll be safe. Oh. Oh, I'm safe. I'm safe at home. I'm safe. I'm safe at home. I'll never come out again. Oh, it's so good. It's so safe inside. I, I'm locked and safe inside. I... Wait, the window. Wait. There's, there's no one there at all. There's nobody. There was no one following me at all. Nobody running after me. How silly. If a man had been following me, he'd have caught me. I can't run as fast as a man. I, I wasn't running from anything ex except me. <laughs> the ravine was safer than safe. Oh, oh it's oh, it's nice to be home, though. Home's a really good, warm, safe place. The only... She had just put her hand out to the light switch when she heard it behind her in the blackness. 
Just a movement. Agnes Moorhead starred in William N. Robeson's production of The Whole Town Sleeping, written by Ray Bradbury, and adapted for suspense by Anthony Ellis. Supporting Agnes Moorhead in The Whole Town Sleeping were William Conrad, Lorene Tuttle, Paula Winslow, Barney Phillips, and Charlie Lung. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. turn the lights on now. <laughs> Maybe they're already on. That was Suspense. The name of that one was The Whole Town Sleeping. And that was first broadcast on CBS August 31st, 1958. The story by Ray Bradbury. The adaptation for radio by Anthony Ellis. And of course, what can you say? That was Agnes Moorhead in the, uh, in the starring role. <sighs> well, we have more episodes of Suspense in our files. And maybe we'll pull out another really scary one for next time. my dear friends, that is going to do it for Thursday. Thursday. Boy, don't get ahead of yourself, Bob. Tuesday. Tuesday, March the 30th, 2021. Almost through with March. It, uh, it roared in like a lion, but it is going out like a lamb. So that's pretty nice. Springtime is here. Everything is budding. And we love this time of year, don't we? We are going to go out tonight with some music from 1958. That was the year that uh, the episode of Suspense we just listened to was first broadcast. And 1958 is a year I remember very well. In fact, I was in uh, just about ready to make the big transition to junior high school. I started junior high school in 59 and uh, 60. So 59, you know, the school year starts in one year and ends in the next, so... My uh, seventh grade, which is what we used to do then in junior high, was seventh, eighth, and ninth. At least it was in Long Beach, California. That was 59. So 58, I remember very well. So we're going to do four songs since we had kind of a short show tonight. And these are good ones. We are going to hear a song by Elvis Presley, a big one in 1958. One of my favorite 
favorite Presley tunes, to be honest. Uh, we are going to hear a song by Jimmy Rogers. No, not the old country Jimmy Rogers, but the 1950s Jimmy Rogers, if you remember him. I've got some stories about him, but we'll save those for another time. We're going to hear about from Lloyd Price, who was just tremendous. And then finally, we are going to hear from Bobby Freeman. Four songs, all from 1958. And I hope you hang around for them all, because if you were around in 58, these are going to bring back some memories. This Bob Bro, I'm so glad you all stopped by today, and I am so glad you met me. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Well, a hard-headed woman, a soft-hearted man Been the cause of trouble ever since the world began Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. ever since the world began oh. A hard-headed woman, man, a thorn in the slide, oh, man oh. Adam told Eve, listen, yeah, to me Don't you let me catch you messing around that apple tree Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. ever since the world began oh. A hard-headed woman, man, a thorn in the slide, oh, man Keep your cotton picking fingers out my curly hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Help me search the world begin. Oh, oh. A hard-headed woman with a thorn in the side of me. Oh, oh. I heard about a king who was doing swell. Till he started playing with that evil Jezebel. Oh, yeah. Help me search the world begin. Oh, oh. A hard-headed woman with a thorn in the side of me. I hit it like a rock. If she ever went nobody, I'd cry around the clock. I hope you. Oh, yeah. Ever since the world began. Oh, oh. Any woman with a thorn in the side of me. Steal away to steal a kiss or two Why must we wait to do the things we want to do Why, oh why, oh why, oh why, oh why Wish we didn't have to meet Secretly wish we didn't have to kiss Secretly wish we didn't have to be Afraid to show the world that we're in love 